We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real Podcast. I almost forgot to do my introduction. (laughs) I am so excited. That is like, you could just hear it in my voice, but welcome back to the show. You know, I was thinking about, as I was prepping for this episode, how amazing it is that I get to interview inspiring human beings that are just bright lights in the world, but also in my life and how blessed I am to have had the opportunity to cross paths with these people. And then bring them on the show and get to share their story. So today's guest is a very special guest, Miss Natalie Crandall. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I just, I, this, I pinch myself. Like, I can't believe this is what I get to do. And I love to have these conversations offline and it's so much fun to bring them online and share your story with the world and share your gifts and your superpowers with people that are listening, because it does, it cannot just be offline. Like it has to be shared because you have such a bright light about you. And I'm just so excited that you're here and you're taking the time to be on the show. So Miss I'm honored. Oh my goodness. So Natalie and I (laughs) go way back. You know, it's funny. There's a common theme with a lot of my guests. It's either like spin related or Lululemon and it's all tied together. But I remember when I first met Natalie and there's just people that you meet in your life that you look at them and you're like, you, like you have something very special within you. And I saw that day one, you and John would come to spin and it was always the best. Like you guys would come to 9am's and you know, 9am spins, they're not known for their high energy class time. Right. But when you guys were there, it was go time. It was so much fun. And that relationship of like being, um, a teacher and you student evolved because then you became a teacher and I had the pleasure, um, of getting to train you and watch you shine in that role. And then we had the next evolution of our relationship and I got to be your coach and you uh-huh. came at a time where on the outside, no one would have known what you were going through. Like, even when you reached out to me, I was surprised mm-hmm. and you were so open mm-hmm. and vulnerable and shared about like where you were at. Um, and that was just, you know, so powerful because you reached out for help knowing that like where you're at, wasn't exactly where you, where you knew you wanted to be. You just didn't know how to get there. And it was so fun getting to coach you because you do the work. You like everything that we talked about, you just were like, all right, bring it on. Let's go. And then it's just evolved. Like, I just feel like there's like so many layers to our story and I'm sure we'll get into Uh it in this, in this interview, but it's just so amazing that I've got to witness all these evolutions of Natalie Mm -hmm. and they just, you just keep shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And it's just, it's so awesome. So hi, welcome. Cause this is what I do. I bring people on my show. (laughs) up. Oh my gosh. I feel that was amazing. I'm like, I know people can't see my face, but I'm just like. Yeah. making heart symbols to you the whole time. It's, yeah, it's been such a journey. And I agree, there's so many layers, but it's been such a, a beautiful journey. And I feel like you're a coach and a mentor and a friend and a girlfriend. And it's just, it's so multifaceted. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here and to talk about all of it. 
I know. Oh, it's so cool. I know it is. It is amazing how just like when you look at an evolution of a, of a friendship or just a relationship of like mm-hmm. how you can either grow apart or grow together. And I felt very much that like, even though we don't see each other all the time, we very much are on that same path. And then when we come yes. together, it's just like sparks yes. are flying Yes, uh, because we could jam out on all of the things from (laughs) dance to spirituality to the moon and the stars and like just a whole body practices. So it is just really special to to have that connection. Mm -hmm. So I want to, you know, when I kind of want to touch on, because really what came through when I was prepping for this episode is really the, the journey, right? Like trusting the process. So I know there's a lot of people out there that have this big end goal in mind. And they think once they hit that big goal, that like everything in their life is going to be amazing. And that's not always the case. So I really want you to share a little bit of your story because I think, you know, there's such power in like you vulnerably sharing, like, like what you Mm -hmm. thought was it when it wasn't and what that Mm -hmm. actually led you to. So let's start from the beginning. Like when you came to coaching, like, cause that was like Mm -hmm. a turning point for you. Like, where were you at? So when I came to you, I had just, um, competed at, so I grew up start from the beginning. I grew up uh, dancing competitive ballroom dancing since I was six years old. And I was involved in all types of um, like team sports and cheerleading and horseback riding and all the things, but dance was always the one that I was focused on. And I chose over everything else. And I danced competitively and I danced with a professional. So I was an amateur. And so as I went along, it was really just me that was being uh, the competitor. And so as I was going along, since I was six, I was competing all over the U.S. I was traveling. And when I was about 16 years old, I made a decision in my mind that I wanted to eventually turn professional. I wanted to win a national title. I wanted this to be my career. I wanted to be like all in. And so I remember making that decision for myself and everything that I chose was surrounded by that goal, whether it was what I decided to train, who I was working with, where I decided to move to, which was Arizona, which was a big, uh, I came here for college and also for dancing. And so I really made the goal of becoming professional and a national champion, my, my one and only, it was like my North star. And as I went along, things were happening and it was going good. And when I was 23, I turned professional and I started to compete with uh, my partner, Alex. And we did really it was honestly like a Cinderella story when we started dancing professionally, we started competing and we started doing really well. We were winning competitions in the rising star division, which is just one below an open professional division. And then we started making finals and it was just like everything I had dreamed of, everything was happening for me and it was very exciting. And the next following year, so we had danced for just one year, the following year we had this like big goal of dancing rising star rhythm and smooth and nine dance. So we were going for three different titles at one competition, which was like a little unheard of. And we were just like, let's do it. I was prepared. I was like, this is my moment. This is what I've been preparing for. And but right before we were at nationals, we had been going for like, we were competing for like three weekends a month. We were competing. So we were traveling three weekends out of the month. And then beyond that, we were practicing like four or five hours a day. And it was just like, like any professional athlete, you're just like on the grind. And on our way to nationals before that big going for those three titles, I remember we were flying and we had a layover in Houston. 
And right before we touched down in Houston, I started to have like a physical react, like my body started to feel cramped, like it was cramping. And I remember my, my stomach started to hurt and I turned it out and I was like, I don't feel very good. I thought it was like, you know, you're on the plane. I was like, maybe it's gas pains. I don't know. But we had just come from a competition. So we had literally danced. We grabbed our suitcases, went to the airport and then started to fly. And so as we were coming down, I started to feel this like constriction in my, my tummy. And then it went up into my lungs and I just started to feel like my muscles started to cramp like really bad to a point where I, I almost couldn't breathe. And so we got off the plane and I told him, I was like, I, like, I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I just felt like everything in my body was tightening. And so we ended up going to the hospital in an ambulance and we went to the hospital and I was in the ER for about four hours and they were doing all of these tests. They're like, what's going on? And I just felt like I couldn't breathe everything. I just felt so uncomfortable. And then finally they gave me fluids and a muscle relaxer. And then it, it all went away. And the doctor had, he was like, Oh, you're just having what he called a pulmonary and abdominal muscle spasm. So my, my muscles literally spaz. They were like, mm. we can't do this. This is too much. This is like, you're pushing your body. And I felt that coming because of the stress and the pressure of competing and the physical, um, the, the physical part of it, of just the demand, the physical demand. And so when we were done at the ER, I remember he's like, okay, you know, you should really take a rest for the next two weeks. Like try not to travel and not compete. And mind you, our competition to dance for those three titles was the very next day. So I was like, okay, sure thing, doctor. And then we ended up getting on a flight. We flew to Orlando. We competed the next day. And luckily everything worked out. We ended up winning our title. It was really, really wonderful. But I do remember while I had this beautiful, blissful feeling of accomplishment standing on the podium. At the same time, I was severely underweight. My body was not healthy. I was having insomnia. And so I just felt this paradox of, I don't think I'm supposed to feel this way right now, obtaining this giant goal that I've been working towards for so long. And that's kind of where things started to go downhill for me. And I started to feel like I was having more insomnia. I was having more depressive thoughts. I started to feel a lot of pressure. I had a really not a good relationship with food. And my partner and I, I felt myself that I really needed to check in with myself. And I was feeling very nervous about where my mental health was at, even though I had accomplished this goal and I was on this track that I had always dreamed of. And so I remember having to pull myself out of it. And I went, reached out and got a therapist. I reached out to you and was like, Brittany, I don't know what is happening, but I've, I've reached this goal. And yet I don't feel good about it at all. I feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually unwell. And so for me, I felt there's a lot of times in sports, and I think especially in Western um sports, there's this mind over matter or like, Oh, it's okay. You're the physical body. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, be strong, mm -hmm. keep going. And it's just so baked into us that to not listen to the body and to not listen to that and to just keep going. Cause that's sacrifice and perseverance and hard work. And while that's important, I, for myself, that's what took over. And I completely stopped listening to my body. I wasn't doing any wellness practices, mental health practices. So while I became this national champion and it was everything that I had desired, I felt so low in a personal way. And of course, from the outside, you might not see because we, we post 
things mm-hmm. and we share and we're at the trophies at our house and it's all good. And I'm still very proud of all of the work and I'm, I'm very proud of that accomplishment. Yet what I thought it was going to be was not at all what it was. And it actually sent me on a completely different journey, which is what I'm sure we'll get into next, mm-hmm. um, which is all about feeling into the body and listening to my body and getting into these whole body wellness practices that I really, because I just felt so disconnected from myself, even though I was doing something that I thought was this dream and it was happening for me. And I just, yeah, I didn't feel present. I didn't feel good in my body. And therefore I knew that I couldn't sustain it. I couldn't keep going like this, or it was, I was just going to crash and burn. And so it definitely felt like a breakdown moment for me and a real, um, what they almost say, dark night of the soul kind of moment of I can keep going like this. I can, I can persevere, I can push, but I'm not going to last much longer. And so it was a really like, I had to check myself. And that's when I reached out to to my resources, which was you at the time, because we had done the training and coaching and you had started your business. And I just felt so comfortable going to you in this like non-judgment space of like, okay, this is what's going on. And here's the cards on the table and I don't know what to do next. So that's kind of the lead up to, I would say, where our coaching journey began Mm -hmm. between you and I. So isn't that incredible? Like how, like that moment on the airplane, like if you didn't have that, like physical reaction to the stress. Cause that's what happened, right? Your body was like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to get you <laughs> to pay attention. If that means yes. like constricting, like all of that stress, um, moving through your body. And that, if that didn't happen, like it, you would be in such a different place now. Yes. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So where did like, so this, cause you know, breakdown to the breakthrough, like it, sometimes when we talk about it, when we tell the story, it seems like we snap and then all of a sudden everything's better and we're on our way. Uh, but that is hardly the case, right? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, from that point when you knew like, this isn't sustainable, like I reached this goal and I'm proud of myself, but the, it was so different. You're like, there is like this, this, like this, um, paradox going on mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and something was not right. Yes. So where did you go from there? Like, what was like, you knew that wasn't the right place to be. So what was the next step for you? Well, the next step was definitely reach. I got a therapist and I started to really work on a lot of things that I didn't think that I needed to work on, which is of course, if anybody is in these practices is going all the way back to childhood. Where did Mm -hmm. some of these things come from? Why do I think this way, feel this way, act this way? And it was really, I felt this turning point for me because I had also, you know, really tried to keep going with dance and things were just not working. It was my partner and I were just not getting along. Things were falling away. And I was getting very um, nervous about that because I am someone who has such a plan and a goal and I can I can make it happen. And what I realized was like, oh, these things are falling away because I need to go inward. That's the only place I can go is inward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's when, yeah, I reached out to you and I just really, um, I wouldn't say that I stopped training. I was definitely like taking spin classes twice a day doing, like I was still pushing myself because I was in that mode, but yet I was doing so much more of this internal work. So I remember working with you was like, what are my values? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do I really value? What is, what is my meditation practice? What is my relationship with food? And it was just really stripping away all of the 
the training and even like the glitz and the glamour and the titles and this like pursuit. And it was really taking a step off of that path, which mm-hmm. felt like a step backwards for me because I just was on this con- like idea that we have to constantly be on a trajectory upwards. That's mm-hmm. just like, I think we're all kind of fed that too. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, the only way is up from here. And for me, it was like, I went up to Everest and then I like tumbled down the mountain after mm-hmm. that. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just You're like, wait a second. I just worked so hard to get up here now. Yes. Why am I down in the valley now? Oh my God. And so, and so it really, I would say it was just really taking those steps to take time to journal, take time to look at the values. And really, I had to pull myself out of the studio and just really go inward, reach out to my, my resources, connect with my family more. And it was really quite the journey. I would say there was a lot of emotions that started to come up. And I really, for a long time too, I felt an imposter syndrome because of doing so well so quickly as a professional too. So I was dealing with those emotions of like, do I really deserve this? Was this just like, like happenstance, I don't know. And so there was just a lot of morphing, I would say that was happening and, and discovering myself. But I would say, honestly, working with with you and doing these, like actionable steps. And for me, what really started to take shape was when we did the values, and I still do them to this day of like, okay, what are my three for this year? And what I remember coming up with was, oh, I really enjoy music and movement and community. And those things make me feel really good because when I do go to a a workout class or a spin class or I talk about movement or I'm listening to music, there's just something about that that brings me, brings me energy. It sustains my energy. It doesn't pull anything away. And so I remember with that, I decided like, okay, I'm not going to dance right now. I'm just going to focus on myself. I'm just going to get into the practices of meditation and journaling. And that's when I went back to the Madison I wanted to teach again. And so I reached out, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and just be an instructor. Let me just put my energy into something that's not about me and my direction and my goal and me obtaining titles or having these things on my resume. Can I just focus on other people for a moment and take the the pressure off of myself is really what I I felt I needed because I had been doing this since I was six years old. It was just like competitor for so long. And so I really felt going into teaching and going into instruction, it was me focusing on helping other people to feel like they could accomplish something and showing other people that, that movement can be joyful and it can be fun and it's not always a competition and that this can just be something you do to feel good. And Mm -hmm. it's funny, I'm sure you feel this way. A lot of times teaching, I found myself saying things. I was like, oh, oh, that was for me. That was, I needed to hear that. (laughs) And so I felt that going into teaching spin again, it was like, oh, this is, it was, it was very healing for me because I took it from a very selfish or self-centered space to a very selfless and community-focused space. And mind you, my mind was still like the back of my mind. Natasha, who's in there, who is my my uh, my <laughs> critic, critic. Is like, <laughs> she's like, get back into the studio. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. This is not important. Like all, I mean, that was so loud in my head. Yet I felt good, and that's what I remember was that feeling of being on the plane and that stress and that 
that like my insides turning compared to when I was teaching and after class, how expanded I felt and joyful I felt. And I was like, okay, the critic doesn't think this is good, but my body feels like this is good. My body is telling me like, this is, this feels good for you right now. And this is nourishing. This is healing. And so I just kept on that trajectory and I just, yeah, really took it from a self-centered space to a selfless space in that. And I also started to just connect with others, build more friendships, have more community. Because when you are in a, in a professional sport like that, you have your partner and your coaches and you have like your mini team, but it's really, it's competitive. So you're like looking at everyone else as a competitor versus being in these community spaces. You're like, oh, we're all welcome here. This is, so it was just such a, it was like releasing the pressure valve. I felt like for that first year and then about a year and a half after that, a whole new opportunity presented itself. <laughs> and that was also a big part of our coaching too. And what presented itself was um, a fitness modality called Kinergy, which was created by Julianne Huff. And it's a dance and fitness immersive experience. It's a beautiful practice. And at the time, about a year and a half after I had stopped dancing, I was instructing. Julianne had put out on her social media, I believe, and was like, I'm looking for fitness instructors and yogis and dancers for this project. And she didn't tell us what it was. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I feel called. I'm going to send in my resume. And I remember I got an audition to go to LA and there was only about 50 of us at that audition. And we experienced Kinergy for the first time. And when I tell you, I was bawling my eyes out at the end of it. And if anyone out here has experienced Kinergy, oh, I cry you know, every Kinergy class. Kinergy was, Kinergy is, it's dance and it's movement and it's fitness, but there's such a cathartic release to it as well. And that's really the, the main ethos of it is letting yourself move so you can move the energy out of your body so you can release things. And for me, when I did it the first time it was, it was like, this movement is not structured. This is not organized. I don't know what's happening, but I'm really enjoying it. And everyone else seems like they're having a good time. And then at the end, there's this moment where you use breath work as well, which was my first introduction to breath work. And you're utilizing that in the method. And I just fully had this cathartic breakthrough. And what I felt in that moment was the little Natalie who loved to dance was like, Oh, this is why I love dancing. This is the feeling that I've been searching for. And while I was on this pursuit of competitive dancing, it's not like I didn't enjoy, but it took away that, that original feeling of joy of dancing for me. And I felt just this beautiful connection to Kinergy. And it was just, it stripped away everything. It brought it back to this organic nature of what movement is all about. And so we experienced that. And then the very next day we had the second round of auditions and I actually did not make it that second time. And I was let go. And I remember Julianne saying, she's like, you know, there's something about you and it's going to pop. And when it pops, you're just going to like, take off. She said, but it's just not your time right now. And what I did feel I, at the time, of course, I was sad. I was like, no, my dancing's not working. And now I'm not part of this and everything is falling away. I felt like <laughs> yep, a failure. The, yep, that, <laughs> I remember that it was like, yeah, but, mm. it was mm. just another valley I felt like. And I was like, oh, what? I thought I was through this. I'm doing the work. Why is this not happening now? And so I remember being 
disappointed again, but that feeling stayed with me. And I followed Kinergy online and just kind of kept seeing what they were doing. And in the meantime, we had the pandemic happen. And so during that time, I was like, I, of course, I can't, I'm a busy bee. I can't sit still. I need to be doing something. And that was during the time I met um, Anton Mackey and I started doing yoga teacher training. And that was an even deeper dive into movement and connecting to the body, starting to speak more on spirituality. And while that's always been in my life because of my mom and my dad, they're very grounded spiritual people. I never took the time to really study it. And so then the yoga and we were doing all this meditation and deeper work with it was just another layer Mm. that I didn't realize I needed to go to. And so during the pandemic and quarantine, that was all I was doing was um, doing yoga and the meditation and going deeper and deeper and deeper into everything. And so then January, 2021 comes around, Kinergy reached out again. They said, we're looking for new instructors. And this time though, they needed some more certifications and more experience instructing. And I was like, I have it now. I have everything they're looking Mm -hmm. for. Like, this is the moment. So I resubmitted and in January of 2021, I went back and I was able to join as a guide with Kinergy and did this intensive two, three week training with them. That was basically everything I had been doing, which was dancing and spirituality and coaching work and therapy in like baked in to like three weeks. And I feel like I was a little caterpillar when I went in there and I came out (laughs) this like full grown butterfly. And honestly, since that moment and everything that's led up to it, I feel I've never felt so aligned in my body, so connected to my body and still doing what I love and not having the pressure of having it, needing it to look a certain way or needing to have the title or the little line on my resume, but doing it because it literally just feels good. And so I would say that has been like a two and a half, almost three year process since I stopped competing. And honestly, since that moment where I stopped competing, I feel like I truly surrendered to whatever the universe has planned for me. I guess Mm -hmm. I'm open to it. And I've experienced things beyond that, that I never even dreamed was possible. And so for me, each one of those moments of me working with you to doing the yoga to doing the kinergy to eventually being able to do things for Tony Robbins and all these other big platforms was like, wow, I never even I had such a narrow view of what was possible for me. I had just one lane in my mind. And I didn't take and now I took the blinders off. And I'm like, wow, there's so much more to experience. And it still involves me dancing and moving and being joyful about it. And so it was just such a reframing and the shifting of my perspective that I can still do what it feels good. It just doesn't have to look this way. It doesn't have to be so much pressure. And if it doesn't feel good, it's okay to not do it too. And maybe that wasn't for, maybe the professional competition just wasn't for me. And while I could do it, just wasn't good for my soul and for my body and maybe community and building people up is where I feel better doing it. And, and it is where I feel better. So, so yeah. That's my, my uh, whole gosh, story. I, it, that um, image of you going in as a caterpillar and coming out this big, beautiful butterfly is so accurate mm-hmm. because I've got, I've had the honor of witnessing so much mm-hmm. of this journey and the person that 
it's like you are just this evolved version. You can just tell when someone is aligned, they just glow differently. And you, my friend, like are an example of that. And I think what's so beautiful about that is like, you get to show others, like how to do that, how to trust their bodies and like, listen to what their bodies are saying, because like they're, it's fascinating because you're doing ballroom and you're dancing, but there was still such a big disconnect between like who you really are at your core and like what you're actually doing. So what are some of the steps that you took? I know, I know you, you reached out, you, you got therapy coaching and all of that, but like, what are some of the Mm -hmm. internal things that you've done to help you follow, you know, the, those, like I, I call them like little golden nuggets, like they're little breadcrumbs yeah. that like help you follow this, this journey once you do surrender. So mm-hmm. what are some things that you've done? Um, some of the, I mean, it's really the daily practices for sure is what I feel leads to the big, the big aha moments. And a lot of that was getting into my own movement practice and it not necessarily having to be me going to a yoga class or a spin class. It's just waking up, putting on some music that feels good and just letting my body start to move in this way and letting myself not be so structured with everything. And so for me, it's just an organic movement practice of like, let me just move my fingers and roll my wrists and roll my shoulders around and get into, just get into my body each morning. And that has, that's been a practice for me now that really just lets me feel where's my body at today. Cause it's going to change every single day. What can I produce today? Does my body feel like it has energy to move? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel like it just wants to be really close and tight and just stay in my little cocoon for the day and do some internal work? Mm-hmm. So I would say just a really natural movement practice. And I feel like that sounds scary for a lot of people. Cause like, I don't know how to move. I don't know how to dance. And that's for me though. That's, that's, that's the key is just letting the body move and letting yourself listen to the body. And I would say going from that into a meditation, because for me personally, I need to wake up and move to get my body. I'm very kapha in Ayurveda. I'm very like earthy water and I'm like slow in the morning. So if I can get up and move my body, I feel like I'm activating it. And then I can sit in stillness and meditation for me, visual meditations have worked really, really well of just like grounding meditations of just visualizing that grounding cord and the light and like a pillar of light. And I just really need to activate my imagination. And I feel like once I play in this kind of playful space for the first part of the day, and I let my body play and my mind, my imagination activate, I feel like that's what's ground grounds me and gets me to a place of, okay, where am I really at today? What can I produce for today? Do I, and it just, I don't know. I feel like the meditation part of it after the movement is really key for me. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, if I'm feeling still more anxious or I have something that's really like this like squirrel in my mind that's just running around, then journaling, journaling about it always. And just letting that free form, that stream of consciousness writing come out of it as well. And it's just really, I feel those types of practices have helped me connect to the energy that exists in our body because we're all we have energy constantly and the energy can come through that stream of consciousness journaling it can come through movement it could come through talking to somebody but i feel i need to dispel a lot of energy first before i can take anybody else's energy in or i can take information in so for me it's really spending the first part of the day doing things that feel good for me in the morning and i i am very um adam and i like my palo santo 
do in the morning. I often pull cards in the morning and it's just really getting to that space of this day is for me. I woke up, I was gifted this life and this moment, this time is for me in the, in the beginning of the day and for me to set up and just take the internal inquiry. And one thing that I really like to do too, is when I very first wake up, it's like three different A's. It's uh, being aware of what I'm feeling, being accepting of what I'm feeling, and then allowing what I'm feeling. So waking up and being, okay, being aware, how am I feeling today? Well, I'm feeling a little sad today and accepting that feeling. Okay, it's okay to feel sad. And then allowing that feeling, allowing the sadness to come through mm-hmm. and allowing, maybe it is just journaling in that morning. And maybe it's not such a big movement that I'm doing. And it's just like some gentle stretching. And so those three, I would say those three A's, the aware, awareness, accepting, allowing has really helped a lot. And it's just such a simple practice, I feel. Mm-hmm. And so many, so many of us are aware like, oh, I'm feeling sad. Okay, I'm going to go call my friend or I'm feeling low energy. (laughs) Yep, go on Instagram. Oh, I'm feeling low energy. I'm going to grab a call. And like, we don't accept that. And I think that is a big piece for me was the acceptance because when I stopped dancing, I had to accept the reality that this is not happening no matter how hard I'm trying, no matter what I desire, it's not happening. My body is not willing to go to that space. And it was that deep accepting that then allowed for the allowance of all the other things to unfold after that. And so I would say that it's like a microcosm of the macro, I feel is those, those three A's for me. And that's definitely beyond the movement and the meditation and the journaling. It's, it's really that, that act right away in the morning of just, just taking that internal inquiry of like where the body is at and I feel because my body was so loud at one point and sent me to the hospital I'm like okay body you're in charge (laughs) I hear you (laughs) it's like hi never ignore me ever again (laughs) yes yeah and I feel that that's really been such a huge lesson for me and it's so interesting right because I consider myself a dancer and a lot of times when people talk about, oh, dancers are so connected to their body. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I am now. I'm deeply connected to my body now. And so it's just an interesting thing because it's like as a kid, I knew, I already knew mm. that my body was telling me what to do. My body was the one that was leading the way this whole time. And somewhere along the way, we, I got the messages of society and the normalcy of what we think is right. And it took me out of my body. And so I feel like my, um, this journey has brought me back to that place. And that moment with Kinergy of like, remembering my childhood self and being like, Oh, Oh, that's why I love to dance. Cause it feels good. It's not supposed to feel bad. I don't yeah. want to dance and feel <laughs> bad. It's like, and but so, it's so powerful to have like that you had that experience and like to go back to that inner child and like reignite that joy and love that you have for something that you literally dedicated the majority of your life to. So I'm curious, like for, cause you know, you have the type of personality that like wants to control the outcome, right? You're like, I can, if I do this, I can get it done. Like you said that earlier, Yes. if someone (laughs) resonates with that and they have a hard time letting go and surrendering, like, what is that? Cause we hear it all the time. It's like surrender, surrender, but like, what does it actually look like? Or what does it mean to you? to surrender and let go? Mm-hmm. I would say there, there are, there are things we can control I back here. I know <laughs> there are things, um, there are 
things that we can control. And I think that that has been a very big lesson is what can I actually control in this situation and taking that inventory of, okay, I can't control someone's reaction, but that takes a lot. So for me, it was often in the, in the moments of journaling that I would start to, I feel this way and this doesn't feel right. And that doesn't feel right. And getting to this place of letting it all out and then being like, okay, what, what can I do right now that I can control? I can control how I feel about something. I can control the next step that I take, but oftentimes I cannot control what, what the outcome is going to be. And so for me, it's just a very, I think for me, it's sharing also and being honest and vulnerable and sharing, like, I feel uncomfortable right now because this feels out of control. And I think just naming it too helps to pull that anxiety out for me. And if that's calling someone or texting someone and saying, I'm so upset right now, I want this so bad and this is not happening. And it's just the talking about it and naming it and giving it like, giving it um, recognition and recognizing that part. Because I think for me, that's, that's the ego. And the ego is here to protect us, right? It's just here to, oh, I don't think you should do that because then someone's going to make fun of you and you're going to feel bad. And we don't want that. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. And so for me, it's really that, that ego sense. And it was, it was getting in touch with that inner critic, listening to the ego. And just, there was a moment I remember having, I don't know if it was in a meditation or if it was in therapy one time, but I remember really feeling like I connected to my ego and my therapist, I remember one time was like, oh, you're these, um, these uncomfortable feelings. You have to think of them as like children who are stuck out in the rain and they just want to come inside. They just want some attention. And so I remember always thinking, oh, the ego's bad. I don't need the ego. The ego's this, the ego's that. And Love I remember it. there was just this visualization or something that came to me and I felt like my ego was very sad. And it was like, hey, you're just ignoring me. You're just like, you're not mm -hmm. giving me any attention. And I realized like, oh, okay, the, the, the ego is, it's trying to help me. And it was like allowing that to come through and allowing the ego to say, I'm afraid that this is not going to work out. And because of that, I'm afraid you're going to feel sad. And now I'm not doing my job, which is to protect you. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really having these conversations. And I've done practices of, okay, journaling from what the mind, what is the mind thinking? What is the heart thinking? And then what is the gut telling me? And just having these conversations, almost like personifying, which I feel like you've really helped me you with. Know, you know, I love, a good, I love personifying <laughs> yes. all parts of ourselves. Like give it a microphone. Yes, it's so true. And so I really feel that like vocalizing for me has been a really big thing of not internalizing the lack of control because that for me takes me to a downward spiral of, oh, I feel this is really out of control. And so then I start to desperately try to control things or reach for, yeah, like the, the social media or something to distract myself. And so for me, it was vocalizing it, whether I called someone, talked to someone or let my ego just talk and write it out and just really bring like allowing that little kid who's in the rain to come in and say like, okay, see that you're trying to protect me right now. That's, that's really helpful. And thank you for that. And also there's not much else we can do. And it's almost like internal parenting, I feel like, because yeah. we're all just these inner children. And now as an adult, we have the capacity to be parents. And so it's, I feel like just flipping the script on yourself and mm -hmm. really parenting yourself of like, how would you talk to your kid if they were feeling this way? 
So I feel like it's been a lot of, yeah, like nurturing, like inner nurturing and inner mothering um, for myself, inner parenting. And yeah, just really giving it a voice, I guess, is helpful for me personally. Yeah. So like, have you, when you went on this journey, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you go with this inward journey. Yes. Were there times that you felt resistant and how did you work through them? Yes, definitely felt resistance. I definitely felt an oscillation of going deep into, oh, wow, look at what I'm becoming. And then going into like, nope, nope, that's uncomfortable. Let's go back to what you knew and kind of slipping into old ways of things. Um, For me, what felt like resistance was emotion that I wasn't allowing the emotion to come through of what was really underneath it. Mm -hmm. And again, I think there's such a fine line of giving something a voice like I just talked about. And then also just letting something move through our bodies and letting our emotions come through. Mm -hmm. Because for me, if I let the emotion come through, oftentimes it will be clarity at the end. And so the resistance for me was, I don't actually want to feel this right Mm -hmm. now because this feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like a failure because that feels uncomfortable. I don't want to feel like an imposter because that feels uncomfortable for me. And I think that's where the resistance would come. That's when I would go into my ego and, oh, well, then I'm going to control it. I'm going to post something that makes me not look like I'm an imposter and just post it on social media and get the validation from everyone else because (laughs) I can control it. I can't give the validation to myself. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. It's so so good. Yeah. For me, it's just the letting that um, and, and just the vulnerability is a, I, re- I read um, the, the Brene Brown book, the Dare to Lead I've read, which is about vulnerability. And yeah. I've also read um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And just though like these reading these things about vulnerability and how that is actually the strength that is the most powerful mm-hmm. thing is being totally. honest. And, and yeah, so I would say the resistance was me just not willing to feel what it really was. Mm-hmm. And and knowing that the emotion is just an emotion. It's just energy and motion. It will pass. You're going to come out of it alive. But sometimes it's really deep and it's really heavy. And you might process for two or three days and be on your couch just wanting to numb out because it feels so intense. Mm-hmm. But beyond, but that's, that's the work for me. That's the work. That's mm-hmm. the feeling. And if you need to call and have someone come over or talk or it's just, yeah, expressing that and letting that energy come out, letting the emotion come out because our bodies are not meant to hold on to all of these things. And that's where I deeply believe dis-ease, discomfort comes from. And if we get into these practices, like I spoke about, of just waking up and moving the body and like, oh, it wants to come out, maybe like shaking the body a little bit and just letting our, our bodies are vessels and that things come in and they go out. We, I mean, we eat food and we let it go. So that's just one way that we- that's, Yes, another form energy. of energy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad that you shared that too, of just like the resistance to the feeling. Cause I think that's really what it comes down to. And I love that you brought up, you know, the ego as the protector, because like that is the the ego's job. You know, you hear these like cute little sayings. It's like the, um, the ego is not your amigo or like, you know, stuff like that. But I think we get it wrong because the ego truly Mm -hmm. is trying to protect us. Um, And that's when you can give all of these different parts of yourself a voice to get to know these parts, to get to get to know the exiled parts that you've like shoved, 
outside in the rain and you don't <laughs> want yeah. to, to address mm-hmm. and to really like come in. But it's like, once you do that, that's how you become whole. And I, what it yes. sounds like, you know, with your journey is like, this process has really helped you like come back home. And yeah. instead of like looking for the answers outside of yourself, you really did the work to go inward and find that like, Oh, the destination isn't mm-hmm. out there. It's within. And I think it's just so yes. powerful. And I, you know, this work is lifelong. It's not just like you get to it. You're yeah. like, I have fully reach this place, you know, we sometimes get to a place I'm where enlightened. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm enlightened. I don't have to keep doing it. And what happens. And I find myself in this place a lot. Like it's, it, it requires a lot of effort. And sometimes it's like, it feels yeah. like too much. So you just coast. Cause you're like, all right, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I just did a lot of work to get here, but then you get stagnant again. And that's when it's so easy to fall back into those patterns. So it's like, you know, yes. taking steps a little bit at a time. Um, but I mm-hmm. think ultimately it is like, first step is tuning in like that, bringing that awareness inward and then doing something with the awareness. Cause I think that's where we get stuck. We get stuck with like, yes. I have this awareness. Oh, I'm feeling this way. But then yeah. what do we do with that information? Do we say, I don't have time to deal with uh, mm-hmm. sadness right now. So I'm going to go ahead and put this in a little mm-hmm. box and push it away. And then those little yes. boxes of sadness just fill up, fill up, fill up until we can't yeah. physically breathe. So I'm so glad that you brought yeah. that up because it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel that like you, you said is the awareness is the first piece of it. Like, Oh, I think I'm feeling this way because you know, maybe at some point I started searching for validation and, and I believe that the universe will always give us opportunities to work on ourselves. And so mm-hmm. the awareness is the first part. And then when it comes back, because it will, it's making the choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Am I going to go into the same pattern or am I going to make a choice to see this in a different way? And the, there it will all, there will be endless opportunities endless. to work yes. on that. Totally. And I call them miracles when you do, when you, when you're presenting yeah. opportunity and you make a mindset shift to, to do yes. something a different way than you're usually doing it. Yes. And, and sometimes too, like what you said of like, Oh, I just want to push this away. I call that. I just want to be a human today. And I'm just going into my human <laughs> because mm-hmm. when we're doing this work, it really, like you have to expand your mind and feel mm-hmm. into your body. And it feels yeah. Like you're, you're in this higher space of like, okay, what is like my soul really wanting my, this higher self that is a very catchy term. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to be human. I just want to go to Postinos and get a mimosa. And that's what I want to do today. (laughs) You know? So I think there's like also the ease and the acceptance of like, it's hard too. This stuff is hard if you choose to step into this work, but the outcome is Beyond, beyond beyond anything of your wildest dreams. Yes, completely. And that it's, yeah, there's ups and downs throughout that whole, whole journey too. But I, yes, I, Mm -hmm. I do feel it's been a a very deep coming home. And what's so beautiful about it is all I've used is my body and my breath Mm -hmm. and some music. Mm-hmm. and some friends. Right. And that's all I needed. Right. And that's like what you discovered with your values. Like this is what happens. Like Natalie is such yeah. a product of following <laughs> your values. You know, when, when people come to me and they don't know what their values or they think they know what their values are, and then they do the work mm-hmm. and they realize that we've been, you know, learning values. I don't want to say wrong, just in a different way. But when we look yes. at values of like who we are at our core and our essence, and then we follow them, that lit, that's like the path to fulfillment because you're doing oh. the thing that actually truly light you up, yeah. not in the way that you thought it was supposed to. So yes. it's like you're such a beautiful example of that because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we sit down and we do the work or we go to the workshop or the retreat or hire the mm-hmm. coach. And then we don't take that information, actually follow it. We're like, well, this is good information. And then we just go back to living yeah. our day to day. 
And so this really does yes. like, it does require work. It requires this, like this type of, I want to say discipline. That's not the type of discipline that we've been taught in our society, but like, mm-hmm. it's a form of self-love, you know, it's like, like mm-hmm. showing up for yourself. Like, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it makes other people uncomfortable and you've done such yeah. a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful job of that. Nat. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love Thank it. I mean, we, we could just keep <laughs> We could, we're just scratching the surface with this conversation. It's so juicy. I love it. Part two. Part two. Oh, so amazing. So, okay. Where can people find you? Um, can people take your class? I know Kinergy has an online platform. So give me all the deets on that because um, if you have never yes. tried Kinergy before, I'm telling you, it is life giving. Like I crave it. I, I feel like I text Natalie like once a month, like when are we doing Kinergy? <laughs> We actually fun, fun little side story. Um, right after Natalie did her training, um, I texted her. I was like, can we do Kinergy in my backyard? And she was yes, like, yes. yeah, absolutely. Cause she was still practicing. And then Patty who mm-hmm. was on my show. And if you know, Patty is, she's like another movement goddess. Um, yes. she had just moved to Phoenix and <laughs> couldn't come over, but she's like, can my best friend Patty? And I was like, yeah. And so yes. Patty came over and we did Kinergy in the backyard and it was so amazing. Oh. Um, first time ever doing it was at the align retreat. And I cried. Mm-hmm. I, I was crying for so many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the main reasons I was crying, cause I was so freaking proud of you. Like I was just like, Holy mm-hmm. shit, here is a person that is like following their light. And you were like, this was so different than anything you've ever done. And oh I was just like, mind blown. I was like, this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And it was just so inspiring and everyone felt it and it was magical. And I could cry thinking about it again. It I know. Was I know. Chills. I just got chills. I was like, this is what a proud mom feels like. Yeah. I was like, it was just so, inc- it was incredible. So oh, anyway, man. I just went off on a tangent because I think I'm like Kenergy's like number one supporter. You are, you're a Kenergist through and through. That's I am a Kenergist. Like <laughs> yes. one day I would just, I just, it's so it's so incredible. So anyways, um, where can we find Kinergy? <laughs> so you can go to Kinergy and it's K-I-N-R-G-Y.com. And there you'll find our online platform. We have about 11 guides. And so you can take from different people and they're all just magical, magical humans on there. And if you use the code um, move to express, you can get a free class. You can try it once for free. Um, and Beyond that, you'll you can also find me online. It's Natalie Rose um, Movement, but it's M V M N T, and so you can find me on there. And I just really try to share all of my practices and share what I'm doing in the world and sharing dance and kinergy. And so that's a really good place I would say to to start. Okay, I will make sure all of that are in the show notes, especially if someone wants to try kinergy. Um, if you're local in Phoenix, there will be dance classes coming very soon. Right before we hit record, I was like, okay, so when's the next Kinergy or just dance in general? Cause dancing with Natalie is one of my favorite things to do. She just hypes you up and just like, it's just, it's so fun. It makes me feel like I'm a dance. I am a dancer. I'm a dancer. You are a dancer. I'm a dancer. Yeah. So just, yeah, online you can find where I'm posting and sharing and Yes. Good. And we always have, we, we, we try to always have Kinergy at our retreats. Cause it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's by far like one of those best moments. So it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And thank you for so much for taking the time to be on the show and thank sharing you. your beautiful light with my listeners. Oh, 
thank you so much. I'm so honored. And this has been just, you've been such a supporter of me on this journey. So to be able to share this on your podcast, which I remember you talking about, you wanting, and it's just such a beautiful thing when, especially for women coming together and just there is room for all of us and we are all so unique and have so much to share. And it's just been such a beautiful lesson for me also of just when we support each other, magic happens. So thank you for not just this interview, but for all of the years before that and your friendship and everything. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, Natalie. Okay. I have one last question. I love to ask this because, uh, my podcast title came from my superpower, which is positivity. Um, if I was to interview your friends and family, what would they say your superpower is? Oh man, my superpower. I, I like to my, what I think is my smile because whenever I'm doing something I really love, I literally cannot stop smiling. So I feel like it's a clue of like, Oh, Oh, this she's, excited and she's very happy and I feel so I often say my my smile um but I would say if it was my family they would say probably my 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 willingness to just be like to just go for things and be goofy and fun and invite people in and be like you want to do this let's do it let's go for it and really just the permission I think giving people permission to be themselves, I guess. I think it's my, my superpower. So I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree your, your smile. And I think like what ties into your smile is like your enthusiasm. Like when you are smiling, that is, you just, it's palpable and it makes you excited and want to smile even bigger. And it's just, (laughs) it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you again. So, so, so much. This was so fun. We're probably going to have to have a round two soon because yes, we, we have keep going. so many other so many things, many other things talk to talk about <laughs> but thank you yes. Natalie you're amazing thank you. how about that can't you just tell by listening to Natalie that she is a beaming a bright ball of light it is so incredible like I literally have the best job in the world because not only do I get to connect with these incredible beings that inspire me I also get to be a witness of their journey of their transformation and it's truly such a blessing Natalie is just one of those people that you meet and you instantly are drawn to because she is just so genuine and so kind and you can just feel it it's palpable when you're around her um, if you haven't heard of Kinergy, I know I was gassing it up at the end because it's so amazing. So make sure you take that free class. I will say doing it online for your first time is good, but you have to experience it in real life. So make sure that you find a Kinergy class near you, which just dropping a hint because we might be collabing um, some t- sometime in the near future in Phoenix to do a little combo Kinergy slash workshop. So stay tuned for that. Now, there were so many things that she said that truly resonated with me, especially at the end, um, just speaking how the universe likes to um, give us opportunities to course correct. And when we don't pay attention, it gets a little bit louder, a little bit louder until something happens, whether within our body or something that is just brings awareness to something that we've been avoiding. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I know I personally have felt really restless when I sit down to process how I'm feeling. And I think that it's just because there's so much that's being unpacked in this season of life and transition into motherhood. And I just love the simplicity of the practice of accepting and allowing 
the emotions to just be present. And I think that it's just a different way of how I've done things. And I just love hearing how other people use their practices. And it's so simple and it's so easy to overlook because we're like, oh, that's just too simple. Like if I just name what the emotion is and accept it and then allow it, like that's not going to work. But it is, it does, it works so well. And I'm just so grateful to have these conversations because it truly does re-inspire me to start doing my practices and maybe in a different way. So if any of these practices resonated with you or anything that we talked about resonated with you, we would love, love, love to know your biggest takeaway. So please share it with us. Um, Tag us on Instagram. We'd love to know. We'd love to hear it. All right, my friend, that is all I have for you today. So remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend.